Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargawa Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargawa. Uh, joining me tonight is my sometimes associate, Clayton. Say hello, Clayton. Hello, Clayton. Ah. I am the sometimes associate. Ah, you did the joke where I say, say hello, Clayton, and you said hello, Clayton. Do you expect a carpenter to not work with wood? <laughs> uh, no. All right, so uh, tonight we are talking about the Knoxville Horror Film Fest uh, 8. Not the eighth one that we've seen, but the eighth one that they've put on. That is my understanding of why I'm here, yes. <laughs> Do you feel like uh, you're being interrogated with the light above you and me staring you down across a table? Yes, your business face does lend a lot of the interrogation aspect. But my party pants say, eh, I got nothing. Juicy. Yeah. Your party pants say juicy. <laughs> I should take a Tums then. All right. Uh, yeah, so we're talking about the Knox War Fest. Um, you and I were able to go up on uh, on Friday night, and, and it was a lot of fun. Um, it was. Unfortunately, I then had to miss all of Saturday, which really, really, really sucks. Yes, but it was all in the name of good causes, I'm sure. Yeah, um, one of my best friends uh, and his wife are soon to have a baby, and so they were having a combined birthday party, so I had to go be the supportive friend. I, I love them. They're good people. But yes, it totally sucks that I had to miss all of Saturday, because there was some good stuff on there. Um, and, and we'll get to that in a little bit in terms of the thing that I hate that I missed the most. Um... And then the missus and I went back up on Sunday. So, so yeah, even though we weren't able to be there for the entire weekend, still had a, a pretty solid weekend of horror up in Knoxville. Sure we did. Yeah. Um, yeah, and thanks again to uh, William Mahaffey. I feel like I'm mispronouncing that name, and and I'm sorry if I am. Um, he's he's the guy that put on the Knox War Fest. Um He's a really nice guy, and and thank you again for inviting us up. It was the, but it was a blast. It's yes. such a great time. Yes. All right. So, uh, Clayton, what what do you think of it? Because you aren't always the biggest fan of horror. I am rarely any sort of fan of horror. Uh, so, I, I have to say that um, either I have misunderstood a large representation of the the horror film and people's love of it uh, or I just got it sort of lucky with the themes this this year at least for Friday night mm. how so like what what do you think are some of those misconceptions that you had beforehand uh, I believe I was operating under the assumption that it was all just uh, how grisly can can we make this, and how much can we get people to squirm over? Uh, what's the what's the phrase I heard? Body horror. Yeah, and and there is uh, there was at least one body horror movie that we saw. There was. Oh god, it still kind of makes me cringe a little bit because oh, it's so gross. Yeah, I, I was doing very well this week. I had managed to almost entirely forget it until I reviewed the <laughs> movies we had watched. <laughs> Uh, this afternoon before coming over, and it it made me intensely uncomfortable all over again. <laughs> well, and did you find yourself, when you got home, like, any slight anything going on with your body? Like, oh, God, what's what's going on? 
You know, like, like I got a pimple, and it's like, oh, great, I'm going to die now. No, uh, I, I will not go into my medical history for the <laughs> public here, but I, uh, I, I'm pretty well aware of uh, a number of the odd things going on with me before, and I feel I am rational enough to not be freaked out that easily. Sure, sure. But some of the freak out, that's part of the fun of it. Um, so, so yeah, beforehand thought that horror was mostly just how gross can we make it, how disgusting, how... Splatter porn, if you will. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, what what do you think of the ones that, that we saw? And we'll um, kind of work our way through, through each of them, but you said that you were really lucky with some of the themes um, from this past weekend. What, uh, what are some of those themes? Uh, well, I, uh, I know that I have already gone on record as stating that I am not much of a fan of the horror genre, but I am a fan of the fantastic and walking in to an opening of some Lovecraftian Cthulhu, uh, but with the modern take and uh, complete with, I don't know, modern ennui, I guess you'd say. Right. And no, I'm not using that, or misusing that even, because <laughs> I'm on a podcast. I do that at least once a month. Well, we are both very pretentious people, uh, according to people like, oh, I don't know, Ashley, that we know. So No comment. So you're in good company. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the things that that I definitely noticed this weekend was, and, and why I'm so, so grateful that we had a chance to go, this horror fest was put on by people who love horror. So it wasn't just how gross can we make it? How much blood can we show? I definitely think there was a certain kind of style to all of the films, but it also felt really well-rounded. There were funny films. Um, there were There were some of the body horror ones. Uh, there was a pseudo-silent film that, that I saw on Sunday. Um, there was some nostalgic throwback to the 80s. There was an actual movie from the 70s. So, I mean, it was just a really, really good mix. And, and if you're a fan of horror, then you would love it. And, again, like for you, if you're not a fan of horror, it sounds like you were still able to, to get into these relatively easily. Yes. the I found... Just about all of it pretty accessible. Um, not so much one of the short films at the end, but <laughs> the, uh, the body get... horror one. No, that one was in the middle. That was uh, Susurus. Yeah, Susurusters. Yeah, that, that I. Yes, I squirmed a lot through that one, but even in that one, there was still some uh, some black humor. That uh, that I kind of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was reaching. I don't know, but <laughs> but it was. I thought it was there. Yeah it 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 to me felt like it had a lot more um, a lot more substance than most body horror films. But, um, but yeah, well, let's let's go ahead and start getting into them. the the first one that we saw, and because of various car issues, um, we were running a few minutes late, and so we got there like right as the first one started. Maybe like a minute or two into it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that long of a film. It was only 14 minutes, so we couldn't have been that late or else we would have missed it. So the first one was The Call of Charlie, uh, directed by Nick Spooner, 
And this is the one that you were just talking about with the Lovecraft Lovecraftian Cthulhu esque type of type of story. Mm-hmm. Um, this it, it was basically Cthulhu meets The Office. I, okay, I admit I have not watched The Office because you have better well, things just, to do with your life. Yes, yeah. yes, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, yeah, um, I. I found myself uh, highly entertained at at the the source material they were going to for that, and later uh, really appreciated a lot of the uh, the timing that they had through the the short film. Yeah, and. Um just for anyone who's out there who's actually listening, we're definitely going to be getting to some spoilers. Some of these we're probably going to say like everything that happened into it. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, if you don't want any spoilers, if you don't want to know anything about these other than whether or not you should see them, I'm going to list out all the ones that we saw um, with basically some thumbs up, thumbs down next to them. So if you if you want to watch them first, uh, some of these you might have a hard time finding because they're short films. Most shorts are played in um, in film festivals and in film circuits, and then eventually they're put out somewhere. Um, so some of these you might have a hard time finding, but but we'll give like a thumbs up, thumbs down kind of rating next to them. But if you don't care about spoilers, or if you've already seen them, or if you just like listening to people talk about horror, then then stick around because um, again, some of these we're we're gonna be well again basically <laughs> telling you exactly what happened. Uh, so yeah, with the call of Charlie, essentially Cthulhu is—he's making his however frequent of a return to Earth, and people are being sacrificed to him. And he—he's uh, like a house guest at just some suburbanite middle-class working-class family. Set up as kind of a blind double date. <laughs> And then some friends of the family show up, and so they get invited over to dinner, and they have no idea what's going on, um, which which leads to which leads to one dude getting super creeped out because like, what's this guy even doing here? Blah 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 blah, and starts yelling at the people, and then of course Charlie Cthulhu uh, rips his throat out and and eats him. Yeah. Um... While I appreciate an elder god willing to get in and do his dirty work with his own tentacly hands, <laughs> uh, I have to say my favorite sequence was the uh, the execution of the execution <laughs> of, uh, of his date for the evening. Uh, I, I remember none of these names. Yeah, I don't the, either. The 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 female interloper into this event. Yeah, and I think they were married. I can't remember if they were married or had just been in a relationship, but yeah, we'll, we'll say it was the wife. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, uh, just just some really good bits. Some of them about some bits. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, after uh, after Charlie rips the guy's throat out. She uh, she like stands up and says what the and then the she, she doesn't even get out of the chair the 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 worshiper who has invited Cthulhu in his house for the 
Sacrifice? Yeah, sacrifice. It, was, it was a virginal sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, At least I think she was a virgin. It, I don't know. It just, with no hesitation, picks up her huge crystal ashtray and smashes her skull in. <laughs> and it's just beautifully shot and timed. And probably one of my favorite moments of the evening. It was almost a shame it was right out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially my favorite part about that was what happened next. Like, it's the oh, next morning. That that, that Ozzy and Harriet sort of... <laughs> yeah, and like, Charlie left a, like, uh, a thank you note for the lovely dinner and sacrifice. And a check. A and very, and he nice left him check. a check. And, uh, and yeah, the woman's trying to clean out the ashtray. It's like, oh, man, there's... Those bits run. They were real good. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was it was good stuff. Uh, I really appreciated that it was done with practical effects. Like yes. it was some dude in a suit mm-hmm. playing Charlie and not um, not CG and and it looked really good. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, just everything. Anything that would have been too difficult for budget practical effects framed. Just off screen, like the eating sequence. Right. Uh, that was that was beautifully done. Uh, sort of almost Scarface like with the chainsaw. <laughs> Only it was a fish that was already quite dead. Right. But then I, I I'm really curious as to how disgustingly he could have been eating it. We're talking like Jeff Goldblum the fly. Yeah, like what could he have been doing that they were like, all right, close your eyes. And and the one dude who didn't close his eyes and watched him eat, he ended up throwing up. Like, how disgusting could that have been? Couldn't he didn't just grab it with his tentacles and shove it in his mouth? I, I don't know. Maybe there was some sort of... Meals past brought up to, to mingle. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Cola Charlie, uh, I, I definitely give that one a thumbs up. Oh, certainly. Certainly. Very much enjoyed that. All right. The next one was The Stylist, directed by, I'm going to mess up her name, Jill Gevargizian. Gevargizian? G-E-V-A-R-G-I-Z-I-A-N. I I apologize, Jill, for messing up your last name. I did not practice saying it beforehand or look up how it is supposed to be pronounced. Uh, But yeah, The Stylist, directed by Jill G. G. Um, this one, I, I think this one was, uh, was also beautifully shot. It is, it's about a hairdresser and her last appointment comes in after hours and she wants a, um, she wants a wash and a blowout mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because then she's going to some fancy dinner. It has to look perfect. Got to impress the boss and maybe a love interest. I'm not, no. Yeah. It wasn't really clear on, uh, on what exactly her role was, but but the um, the stylist and oh man, I do need to look up her name because she she was fantastic. Um, Najara. Yeah, it's this is what happens when um, you don't prep things ahead of time, and you try looking up someone's name and you forget how it's pronounced. <clears throat> um. So, so yes, uh, Clayton, if you don't mind to look that up while I randomly say some words to fill up some time. Yeah, you just keep on vamping. Right. So, uh, so in the stylist, um, she gives her some wine and 
gives her some wine and then uh, drugs the the woman who came to get her hair cut. And then while she is drugged, um, the stylist takes some scissors and essentially scalps her. And that scene, oh, it to me it was disgusting because... Did you find her name? Najara Townsend. I was right. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Najara Townsend was amazing. She was in a couple of the short films. Mm-hmm. Both and, of them oh, God, she, she did such an amazing job. Um, but, yes, two names that I should have made sure that I could pronounce before we started recording. But, oh, well, that's what happens when I hit record and go. Uh, yeah, Najara Townsend was, was fantastic. She was the one playing the stylist. Um, and then when she starts scalping the woman who came in, that part was so disgusting to me because I can deal with a lot of horror. I can deal with people's heads getting ripped off and limbs and all that other stuff. Mm. But when it's that slow cutting... And, and that sound effect work was... Mm. Uh, it, it touched a part of me that I did not want touched that evening it, or ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, one of the movies that I've watched this month leading up to Halloween was Sweeney Todd. Yeah. <laughs> And it was very, very similar in the sense that when Sweeney Todd slits the throats of the people, it is also shot very, like it's framed very close up. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a still shot and it's very slow and you can hear the blade cutting through their throats. Oh, There's nothing quite like that uh, sound they do for the cartilage over the the larynx. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so so she scalps this woman and... Still alive. Still Still alive. Still alive. And she ended up waking up at some point. And uh, the stylist was like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. You're fine. I just want to try it out. Right. Oh. I'll give it back. Oh. But, of course, since she was awake and freaking out, she had to stab her with her scissors and she was dead. Um, and so she takes the, the, the scalp home mm-hmm. and into her basement. And you see that she has, I don't know, 20, 30 other people that she has scalped. She she had several. She she had a number. Uh, also, her Chihuahua Pepper was just adorable. It was just, such a cute just dog. <laughs> Gotta love very sweet little dogs in uh, in horror movies. Very supportive that little doggy. Uh, and and then while she's there and trying on the hair, like when she's pinning her hair back, you see a scar on her neck. Mm. And that point to me, like the scar on her neck, that was the part that really got me the most intrigued about the stylist. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to rehash what we'd already said. Um, so you the, asked if it looked the, like the a burn man. tissue, uh, burn scars or scar anyway. Yeah, it it definitely looked like some sort of of burn, but that was the only part of her body that we saw with a scar. Do you believe that perhaps the first scalp? Uh, appropriation was what she might have currently been wearing? See, that's what I don't know. And that that's why I was intrigued by it. Um, and, and again, I've said this before, but my background is psychology, so for me the mystery of what happened and why, that's what made me want to know more about it. You know, was it because of some sort of distorted body issues? Was it um, was she wearing someone else's scalp at that point? Um like what what was actually what was actually happening with it um and and you had mentioned uh you had mentioned before that 
even though you wanted to see more about it and curious as to what was going on, mm-hmm. not entirely sure if you could sit through an entire feature length. No. Um, and part of what may ultimately, ultimately appeal to us so much about this, uh, I think, is is how much has gone unsaid. Yeah. Um, like, like I said earlier, maybe... Maybe I could do with a Twilight Zone episode length sort of thing, but but the the speculation is honestly probably a lot more fun than being told anything definitive there. Yeah, and even though that's part of what intrigued me, that could also very easily be what killed it. Like if it was a longer than twenty thirty minutes, mm-hmm. um, and if we knew everything that was going on and why. Then rather there being the mystery of, oh, why is she doing this? What happened? What caused... If it was, this is why she's doing this, this is her motivation, this is what started it. If it's not a really, really good answer, then I could see myself going, oh, well, that kind of sucks. They they explain too much. That... And, and now it's just a mediocre bit of body horror. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Lucas and I have talked about this before, um, especially on the Monster Pod, but just in other times as well, where... In good horror, the monster is never on screen alone. You only ever see the monster in relation and interaction with the main characters. Because if you see too much of the monster alone, then it gets rid of some of that mystery. And again, unless it's done incredibly well, it it kind of ruins things. Do you think that if the monster becomes your focal point, you develop too much empathy, sympathy for... For a character, or I think that there can be some horror where the monster, essentially, where the antagonist and the protagonist are the same person, mm-hmm. to where like especially because like she was crying when she was talking about things, and there was something off about her. So if the sympathetic side of she can't help it, that could have been the protagonist. Mm-hmm. But then the compulsion to still scout people and and keep their uh, their hair that could have been the antagonist. So it can work mm-hmm. again if it's done really really well. And that's why I think, you know, like you said, a short twenty thirty minutes where it's kind of fleshing out a little bit more, <laughs> fleshing mm-hmm. out a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, could be really really good. But turning it into a feature length. It's really, really hard to walk that balance for more than about forty minutes. Mm. Even at that, that's that's pushing. That it. would that would maybe push a lot. Uh, now, not to uh, throw any anything down on what you've uh, been saying, but the program that you received uh, is is nicely vague. Uh, you know, hairdressing client. Uh, Final one arrives in the evening. The stylist Claire has plans of her own for her. Uh, but on their site, they've got a little bit more. Uh, Claire being a lonely hairstylist with an unnerving desire to escape her disappointing reality. Hmm. So. Yeah, so. I guess that would emphasize. Uh, you're the psychology major. So I'm going to throw this word out there, and you can shoot it down. But <laughs> the uh, the totemic nature of of the scalping and the see, I 
I viewed it more as a um, as some sort of body image issue, mm-hmm. to where maybe when she was a kid, um, she was always told how ugly she was. Maybe she was ginger. Um, <laughs> maybe she didn't have a soul. Um, no, maybe uh, I, I, it's not clear where this was taking place. So I don't know if it was on the East Coast, um, like New York, someplace, or if it was like Chicago, or if it was more West Coast. But it was definitely, uh, it definitely felt like a sort of high society, um, big city metropolitan, type of definitely. So, could could she have gone through uh, like a bunch of plastic surgeries and never quite get to that final thing? Like, it, to me, it seemed more like the reason that she was scalping people and and keeping their wigs and just trying them on and trying to be who that person was. Because, you know, again, when she had that blonde wig on, she was saying everything has to be perfect and trying to say what the um, what the woman who came to get her hair cut was saying. A doctor character. Yeah. So trying trying to, um, yeah, just trying to be someone other than who she is. Trying to, I, I, I don't know. And that's why, again, the mystery of it is part of what drew me in. Mm-hmm. I think that a little bit more, a little bit more, could have made it a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. But too much more, I think, would have just driven it off a cliff, and and it would have been showing too much and keeping out some of that mystery that makes fun horror movies so fun. I I have nothing to disagree with you in all of that. <laughs> uh, so we'll just move past the boring part here. Right. So, uh, so stylist, thumbs up, thumbs down. Definitely a thumbs up. Definitely for me. Yeah. Where where was that? Uh, I'd still give it a thumbs up. Um, again, I really enjoyed it, especially when that night uh, when we were driving home talking about them. We, we spent a good bit of time talking about the stylist, so it was one of the ones that I really enjoyed digging into it. While we're doing the thing that I tend to do about everything, I overanalyze it to the point where it's like, right, if I keep going, I'm going to stop enjoying it because of my own... uh, I will have killed it with my brain. Exactly. It's never a fun thing to do. All right, so those are the first two shorts. Then we saw the first feature length of the night, which was Trash Fire, Mm -hmm. directed by Richard Bates Jr. Uh, The description in the uh, Knox Horror Fest program said... When Isabel forces Owen to confront the past he's been running from, ah. when Isabel forces Owen to confront the past he's been running from for, ah, words, words, words. I'm good at words. That's why I podcast. <clears throat> Try this again. When Isabel forces Owen to confront the past he's been running from his whole adult life, they both get more than they bargained for. Again, nice and vague about what it's about. Um. I don't know. I feel like that could be worded more honestly. <laughs> um, I, I think we are in agreement that th- there are there are some shining moments in this movie, but a lot of it, well, a lot of it left me cold. Yeah, uh, or just very unhappy with decisions that were made. Everything that I've been saying about this movie since we saw it is, I still don't know how I feel about it. Like, that, that is how I feel about it, is I don't know how I felt about it. Um, I, we watched the preview 
before we went up there, and and from the preview, from the preview, I wasn't expecting much, honestly. Like the parts that were supposed to be humorous, and again, just in the trailer, not mm-hmm. actually talking about the movie itself, but in the trailer, the parts that were supposed to be funny didn't make me laugh. The parts that were supposed to be like suspenseful and horrific didn't really give me any sense of oh this is going to be creepy and the parts that were supposed to be here's the twist on it made me made me just kind of go ah i've i've seen that before it's been done i don't ah. so honestly i wasn't expecting much from it watching it the parts that were supposed to be funny did make me laugh like i was laughing a good bit through it yes you were <laughs> a, a, a little uh, a bit more than i was but um notoriously difficult to to please with intellectual humor give me slapstick but and it was very dry humor like it was very um okay i say most of it was dry <laughs> one of the parts oh god one of the parts that uh that i thought was hilarious very very off color very offensive mm. uh owen the main guy he has seizures and when he and his girlfriend are having sex and he starts having a seizure and she's like, oh, this this is different. This is nice, because she doesn't realize that, that he's seizing until he throws up on her. Yeah, the, the, the vomit in the face was <laughs> definitely not where anyone was expecting that to go. And, and again, it was definitely more of that gross-out humor. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I felt like it worked because their relationship was already so tumultuous, and it was so just, I hate both of these people mm-hmm. that... I, I don't know. It it made me laugh. Yeah, the um well speaking of I hate these people <laughs> uh, the 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 Owen character uh is is the one that's pretty obviously like I believe you stated earlier, being set up to be the protagonist for at least initially to the viewers. Right. And and you know i just he was so awful that i didn't really want a redemption for him yeah well and i know earlier we said there's going to be spoilers but since this is the first feature length if you were like oh well i'll listen through the shorts we're definitely getting spoilers with this one um yeah with with owen the first it was like the first half of the movie was setting him up to be such a jerk and such a horrible person to then have a redemption story of and this is why he's overcome all of these things and now is the person that you feel for and identify with. Yeah, we skipped all of the uh, the part where he was doing an actual redemption story. Yeah, he was just a jerk and then, okay, yes, now I want to have the baby with you. And it was... Ah, that that one hits such an ugly nerve for me. Oh, we're going to have a baby. That'll fix everything, right? Right? Yeah, there's so, mm. so many people will do the things are going wrong, let's have a baby. And, and it, it only makes it worse. It doesn't fix anything. The... Uh, I, I did enjoy this movie. Like, watching it, there were things about it that I think, well, like you said, that were done really, really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot about it that I'm like, I, I liked it, I saw a whole lot of potential, 
But then some of those decisions, like like you said, some of those missteps, I feel like were pretty big steps off of the track. Like, the, the story of it is um, Owen's parents died in a house fire, and his sister was horribly disfigured. Yes, 80% of her body, but apparently 80% <laughs> of her body was just her face. Well, she was a kid at the time, so maybe she had like an enormous head. And grew into the scarring. Right. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so his, his sister had uh, eight burns on 80% of her body. Like, third degree, too. Mm-hmm. Not just minor burns. Uh, he he was he thought that he was responsible for it. So he ran away, started this new life, blah, 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 blah. Now he is a jerk. Sometimes he has nightmares and flashbacks and seizures. Said he was going to come back for his sister, knew he wasn't going to get far with her when he initially ran away. Didn't. Which doesn't really make sense, because obviously if you had gotten that far, like what about her was slowing him down? Her legs worked. She could walk. I don't... Some people won't think much of a, a young man, teenager. You know, maybe he's slightly older than he looks. But there was no way that his little sister was going to... To pass is yes, I'm her legal guardian. Or, but uh, I mean, they were obviously running away from things, so it's not like they were trying to set up reputable lives for themselves. Like it was, it, I feel like the biggest misstep was they were trying to tell three different stories, mm. but they didn't actually focus enough on them. So there was the. Um, there was the past of his family getting burned and his relationship with his sister and the seizures that he was having with the nightmares and the flashbacks and all this other stuff. Like, there was that story. Mm-hmm. There was the, he is a terrible person to his girlfriend and just, it, just really an a-hole. Like, nothing that he did up until about minute 50 made him even remotely likable. Like, some of the stuff that he said was funny... I admit, I like the obituary. The obituary <laughs> was well done. Again, it was funny, but to me, it wasn't enough to make him a likable character. No. Like, even the stuff that he was saying in the obituary was like, dude, you are a jerk. I, I, I get that you were doing your best. And and this this is where this should have turned into a romantic comedy. Right. The, uh, the I am a terrible person. I should be a better person for somebody. Ugh, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, uh, you should just be a better person, right? <laughs> but if someone inspires you, then great. Yeah. So, so there was that piece. The I'm a terrible person, and then there was uh, his sister's relationship with the grandmother, and the the grandmother piece, like. They, they try telling too many different things without really focusing. So, again, like, him not being a likable character, he's the type of person that is hilarious when he shows up to a party. Not the type of person that I would ever say, I want to hang out with this person and get some coffee when they're not drunk. It's a, oh, dude's here, he's going to tell a hilarious story and then go do something really, really stupid, like jump off a roof, I'm going to leave before the cops get here, kind of person. 
just wait till he starts roasting people. <laughs> no, nobody asked him to do it. It's just what he does. Uh, if you're uncomfortable and don't want him to get to you, leave now. Draws little faces on the marshmallows. Yeah. Um, but yet he had no... He, his redemption story was too easy. Like, they go to the grandmother's house because his girlfriend says, if we're going to start a family together, then I want you to reconnect with yours. And he was like, no, you don't know what you're asking for. It's going to be terrible. I'm nice compared to this woman. All this other stuff. Not and, spoken to either of them since I left. And, and this, this, the, the drive up there is when he reveals all of his tragic past and, and horrible relationship with these, these people. And I, I, did she just think that there had to be some exaggeration? I don't know. Like... Uh, that was the other thing. I didn't like her. I, I didn't like the girlfriend. I would have whipped a Yui. Yeah. Oh, no, no, screw that. We're done here. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, there was nothing that they did that made me say, these are nice people. And, like, she had some some throwaway line earlier. Uh, I, I don't know if it's when they were in counseling or, or what, but when she said, you can't help who you fall in love with. Mm-hmm. It's like, what... I'm confused. How did you fall in love with them? And then later, when she was saying something about like the fifth time that he was trying to ask her out, and she finally was like, "Oh, there's something about him." Like it. I don't remember that she actually said what it was. Did she? No. no. It was just like you're a jerk. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. You're a funny jerk. Okay, let's do it. That was basically their love story. It. Yeah. So he's telling her we need to leave. Uh, I don't want to be here. It's a terrible place. All this other stuff. You don't know what you're asking for. You don't know what you're getting us into. Blah, 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 blah. They had only been there for a couple of days. And weird stuff was happening. Like his sister walking into the room while um, while the girlfriend was sleeping. And the grandmother like dumping out the green beans on the floor because she wouldn't say please. And... What was the quote? If, if you're going to be a bitch, you can eat off the floor. If you're gonna, I think it was if you're going to act like a female dog, then you can that, eat like one too. That's it. That's yeah, it, it was. <laughs> that's right. She's a good Christian lady who masturbates to televangelists, which we'll get into in a minute. No, we don't have to. It's part of what makes me go about this movie. <laughs> okay then. Um. So yeah, like weird stuff been happening, creeping the girlfriend out. And she's like, all right, you were right. Your family's messed up. We need to get out of here. No, no, no. We have to stay because I have to make amends with my dear sister, Pearl. Yeah. Dear Pearl. Like, when? where was that change? Nothing showed how he went from, this family is crazy, no, to, no, I have to help take care of them. Like, it didn't feel like he hadn't spoken to them in ten years. It felt like he sees them once a year at Christmas and they just all kind of hate each other, but have to put up with each other because of family. Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was some kind of pity factor when you saw exactly how Pearl was, we'll call it living. Uh, maybe? That, that's the only thing that I can even stretch to. I, yeah, but, so his redemption story is way too easy. Um, Pearl allegedly was burned on over 80% of her body, but... It had a full head of hair. 
wig. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not a wig. Very very obviously not a wig. Yeah, like I was. They didn't show much of her body, so I was okay she, with that. She was nightgowned the entire movie. But they they should have done something with the hair. Like that that to me was like no, you don't burn eighty percent of your body, and the top part of your head be like ten of that percent. Like that's the flames flames rise. Yeah, especially since her face was why she felt so disfigured and why she broke the mirrors and. So she was still a looker compared to Quasimodo. Yeah, she was still like she wasn't that bad looking. She was disfigured, but for for a burn victim, yeah, Mm-mm. she no. just looked a little pruny. Yeah, a little, a little melty. Yeah, characters in Dick Tracy look worse than she did. Oh, little face. <laughs> I think you mean huge head? <laughs> um. But, uh, but yeah, the anyway. the relationship with the grandmother. You come to find out that the grandmother was the one who actually set the fire mm-hmm. and burned the family because the voices told her to do so, and she thinks those voices are God. We we find this exposition while she is speaking with the pastor, right? Who, uh, when she is telling him this, and he's like, I, "I have to tell the authorities. I have to tell someone." She's like. You won't, or else I'll tell them about how you had sex with my daughter when she was 15. Made a whore of, or... Yeah, like, he was the one that turned her into a whore, and it's like, I... Doesn't that make her a brothel, madam? It it doesn't... It didn't fit. Like, that part of the story... It felt very forced. Yeah, like, there was no relevance to why... To why her daughter needed to have been raped by the pastor. Like, the pastor was a completely pointless character. No, he had a snake. Why? Why did he have a rattlesnake? Was he supposed (laughs) to be a snake handler? Like, they they never... He wasn't that charismatic. It... I just... uh. So the pastor's character was completely pointless. Emphasized by his final appearance in the movie, where he shows up outside the house... With a tire, with a tire iron. iron in hand, but he left the car running, and then turns around and leaves. Yep, looks at the window, gets back in the car and leaves. Mm-hmm. And I, so so yeah. After she tells the pastor, then she's like, "The voices are back. They're telling me that I have to finish the job." So then she tries to start killing her son, or uh, sorry, her grandson. grandson. But she's very unsuccessful at it. And she has a shotgun. Like, I don't understand why she was trying to be sneaky. I don't understand why she didn't just go shoot him. Because she didn't see frailty? Uh, obviously. Like, I... Uh, if, if you are God's vessel, then he will protect you from the local authorities. Or something. I don't know. It, yeah, so... I, I wish... Because we've been going on about this one for a while. And we still have a few other ones to talk about. Mm-hmm. I really, really wish that they had either spent ten minutes showing why he was a jerk and then get them to the country and have the rest of that movie actually be that interaction and show some character development and show like why they're not even talking to each other and all this other stuff and maybe we, we didn't need the sand lot yeah that. like he goes over and and sees where the house had burned down like the, there was too much other stuff that had been thrown in mm-hmm. and it felt like there was so much more movie that was cut out and 
but they really liked all the jerk stuff. Yeah. But like that that also would have been okay. If the entire movie had been he is a jerk and here is why he is a jerk and and he started doing things where he lived now. Like if it had focused on him as being tortured by demons. Mm-hmm. And his girlfriend was the one who had to realize, "Oh, you're a terrible person, something needs to be done about it, and like he had kidnapped her and tried to set her on fire. Like that could have worked. Mm. If it had spent a little bit of time about them being jerks and then family, and you focus more on the grandmother and actually see her struggling back and forth with hearing the voices and dealing with her own internal demons, and there was that, that would have worked. But as it is, it was jerk for a while awkward relationship for a while and then Pearl shoots the grandmother in the face with a shotgun and then shoots her brother with a shotgun and then cuddles up next to the girlfriend and kind of rubs her belly because she's pregnant and and Pearl wants to be a mother Mm -hmm. I did like the the touch of Isabel rubbing Pearl's head because she doesn't want to die yeah, that was, that was very no. She wasn't rubbing her head. She was pulling her hair. Like she was trying to get was, her was away. It, was, it, was it wrinching? It, yeah, I, I thought it, it was. was more, okay. No, it was like grabbing the hair and trying to pull her away. But yeah, and and See, then I'm bad at reading people. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. I still don't know how I feel about it. Trash fire. Uh, I think we've covered that pretty well. It, <laughs> dude. I, I think one of my biggest problems was watching it during a horror fest mm. and expecting more horror. Mm. If this had been art house psychological drama night, I think we'd said that. If, if we were just flipping channels, you know, if we had the channels and passed it on IFC and said, "Hey, what's this?" Yeah, and then got to the end, I've been like, "What?" So to me, it didn't quite have enough of that horror aspect. So I I think expectations probably had something to do with it. So, uh, so yeah, Trash Fire for me is a... You've seen Gladiator, right? Mm. Where, uh, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix is kind of like... No, not Joaquin Phoenix. It's it's not Joaquin. It's uh, Rufus Sewell. Isn't it? The like the Caesar character, the, the, the evil usurper. Yes, yes. Where he's kind of doing the thumbs up, thumbs down, mm-hmm. and he starts out with it in the middle, mm-hmm. and like he's raising it and lowering it, and trying to gauge the the Colosseum's reactions. Mm-hmm. That that's how I am with this one. It starts out in the middle, and depending on which aspects we're talking about, it tilts towards really thumbs up. It tilts towards thumbs down. I, I certainly. It is definitely not a definitive thumbs down for me. I I do not hate it. I just no thumbs. I I don't know what to call this. Yeah. If if someone asked me, should I watch Trash Fire? My response would be watch it and then tell me what you think about it. <laughs> watch it and then tell me whether or not you should have watched it. That's and, well, I guess in that regard, we could call it a a true bit of art. Then, if it you know encourages people to discourse, yeah. And I mean, it it did get really good reviews, and a lot of people there absolutely loved it. So it is by no means a bad movie. 
But again, part of what I do is I analyze movies. I don't just say, yay, it was fun. The ending was messed up. It was, ooh, yeah, but what about the characters? What about this? What about... So if I turned my mind off and watched it, I probably would have rated it a lot higher. Maybe. I don't know. So yeah, trash fire, uh, ambiguous thumbs is uh, is what you get on that one. Schrodinger's thumb. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is the best way to uh, to describe uh, to describe our rating of it. All right, <laughs> we're like forty five minutes in, and we've covered one movie in two shorts. The first block. Yeah. Yes. So fortunately, we're only covering one more. Right. Well, and then I'm gonna a bit. talk a bit about other stuff. Uh, all right. So. The next short was one of my... Um, I, I loved the shorts. Mm-hmm. Like, even on the way up there, I was like, the things that I am most excited about are Phantasm, Beyond the Gates, and the shorts. I, I love a good short story. Uh, short story collections have been something that I will grab up very frequently. So. Yeah, the, the entire weekend, and again, I had to miss all of Saturday, but the entire weekend... There was only one short that I was like, eh. The rest of them loved every second. So the next one was uh, Feeding Time, uh, directed by Matt Mercer. This one was hilarious. This is the one where uh, she goes to babysit. Mm-hmm. And why am I drawing a blank on her name again? Najara Townsend. Yes, Najara Townsend is in this one again. <laughs> and she is playing... Um, but playing kind of the bad guy again. The the, the wife and, and mother and and yes the she's not a villain. They they're alien ish. They they've got to be aliens. They had glowing blue eyes. It's got to be aliens. We'll get there. But I'd, I'd say that is is it villainy if it's necessity? Um. Yes. <laughs> Because otherwise you start getting into the ends justify the means, and... But if they don't... If they don't feed them, they'll die. If they had been feeding them, um, like, terrible, terrible people, if they had been feeding them the worst of society... Teenagers? Come on. True. Teenagers are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... So, yeah, the, um... The, the the couple that got the babysitter there to babysit their kid, um, they were very quirky and almost uh, Tim Burton-esque in, in feel. Uh, actually, my uh, my initial reaction when uh, they, they open the door and the babysitter sees their faces for the first time wearing the blackout, you know, steampunk like goggles, goggles yeah. you know... Um, my initial reaction was, "Hey, Maniac Mansion." <laughs> they uh, they were definitely very very quirky. And uh, Graham Skipper, mm-hmm. he's he's the guy that played the uh, the husband. They they both did really well. Yes. Like he was very eccentric and doing a lot of the oh, don't worry about the baby. Uh, if if it wakes up before we get home, like they they just played those characters really really well. Mm-hmm. So they leave and. Um, and the babysitter is there, and she's watching the the monitor, um, the little baby monitor. But then she starts hearing some thuds. I, I don't know much about children. 
about infants. They're terrible. I mean, yes, the obvious things. <laughs> but, but, they, they keep me from yeah. entire days worth of uh, film fests. That's not fair. Your <laughs> friends did that. You can't blame the baby. And I, I do love my friends. <laughs> I do. Love you guys. Please don't listen to this. Um, <laughs> and I am thoroughly derailed now. You don't know much about babies. Oh, right. Uh, but if I saw a baby as consistently still as that one, I might be a little worried. Yeah. It was way too still. But only if you were like, continually watching it. Like, if you were just kind of glancing over Fair. every now and again. Fair. We did establish this as a teenager. They're awful. You can't right. trust them to do jobs. She was on her phone the entire time with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend's like, so are we going to do it? Yeah, great conversation. And she says, yes, I'm finally ready. I love you. And then nothing for a while. <laughs> a long while. <laughs> like the, I'm typing, message deleted. That was a little beautiful bit of realism. Yeah, with the uh, the little ellipses and then no text. Just, what? No! What? Ah! So yeah, she hears a thud. She goes upstairs to check it out. Um, all, all the lights have gone out, so it was very dark. Mm-hmm. And when she gets into the room, she pulls back the cover, and it is just a doll. Mm-hmm. And then she sees a few cages. Yeah, like kennel cages sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. And uh, they're both swinging open. And uh, I, I don't know what you were thinking. My initial thought was, okay, so there's a little one and a big one. Because there are two <laughs> cages, and that is their sizing. Right. Oh, how wrong. Oh, how wrong. Yeah, and it, it to me was pretty clear that, that whatever was in the cage mm-hmm. was their, quote, baby. I just didn't know if it was actually their babies. Or if it was like some sort of animal or demonic thing that they were just... They're they're demon Cujo for a baby. Right. But it it was clear, like, all right, whatever was in those cages, that is the the thing that's going to eat her. Because, I mean, it's called feeding time. Yeah. So, um, So she goes back downstairs, and she hears thuds in the walls. And she does two things that I was like, oh, come on. First off, bravo, uh, um, Matt Mercer, for mm-hmm. following a lot of horror tropes. You did this well. Mm-hmm. Character. Oh, come on. You're such an idiot. Mm-hmm. It had to make no, clear no. the distinction was yes. you're an idiot to the character, but it was done well. She did two things that I just, oh, man. First one, when she started to freak out, rather than just running out of there and calling the cops, mm-hmm. she runs into the kitchen and tries to call her friend. Rather than seeing the two kennel cages and the <laughs> fake baby in the bed and leaving and calling the cops. Yeah. She goes down to the kitchen to call the parents with the number left in case of emergencies. Yeah, that's right. First she tries calling the parents, which obviously they were the ones who doing this. Mm-hmm. Then she tries calling her friends. Like, no, leave, run away, call the, what are you doing? And then when she hears the thud in the wall, also, rather than running away... She goes and knocks to see if it'll answer. Yes. And it does by punching through the wall. (laughs) And then she she does the first thing that's almost a little intelligent. She grabs 
something to defend herself. Uh huh. A a large kitchen knife. Yeah, because it like jumps out and it's biting her leg, and uh, it, it's it, feeding on her. It it jumps out from the cabinets under uh, under the knife block. Yeah, and as and she takes one with her. She's she is. <laughs> She is making sure that these things are Darwinian as as they can be, survival of the fittest. Uh-huh. Stabs it through the head. Its teeth are still stuck in her leg. Oh. And, and her oh. crying it away from her leg. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, God. It Thank was you for stuck in there. And, and again, that tearing, that... Mm, mm. Oh, it's so good. Mm. Uh, and, and then she finds the phone of her friends, and she realizes, What? And you see a bunch more little glowing eyes under the cabinet. Her phone, her friend's phone, and many others. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so they pull her under the cabinet, and and they eat her. Uh, and then you see the parents just kind of sitting out there, just like, you think they're done? So, and then he pulls his goggles up, and you see that they have the same glowing eyes. It's eleven thirty. Yeah, they should be. It it was just so much fun, and then uh, then she gets the text that says "I know" from her boyfriend. Oh yeah, yeah the 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 Han quote. Yeah, beautiful. And so now that we've told you everything about this, <laughs> you don't have to see it. No, now that we've told you everything about it, you still need to watch it because it is fun. It is funny. It is just a a good little comedic horror romp. Um, there really are no surprises. It, it's all very well-established tropes but it, it is still very good yeah uh and and i'm glad the uh, the director was there and he talked about it um, that was fun and i'm glad that he said two things i'm glad that he said that they blatantly were inspired by house of the devil i, I ripped off homage yes homage. <laughs> but i'm so glad that they were like yeah we we know but they uh, they did an homage of House of the Devil, and they just straight up stole the I love you, I know line mm-hmm. from Empire. Mm-hmm. So the things that they did, I'm glad that they were like, yeah, we're doing this on purpose, rather than, see how original we're being? No one's done this before. Because if he had been like that, if he had been like, oh, this is the most original movie, you've never... No, it was just, you've seen a lot of really good things. You like certain parts of it. You wanted to do your own really good thing, which is funny. Very clearly taken from it. I'm okay with that because it was still it, it, it a lot was, of fun to watch. It was well executed. Very, very. Yeah, and, and it was only 13 minutes. Um, so we've talked about it longer than we watched it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> ah, jeez, this is what happens when I try to cram a whole lot of reviews into one podcast. It goes on forever. Mm-hmm. So feeding time. Definite thumbs up. No question about it. Assuredly. Next one was When Susurus Stirs. I'm just going to check out here. This uh, one... Uh, mm. We can probably get through this without saying too much. It is a... Uh, it's it's the body horror one that we started talking about earlier. And enough so that even uh, the uh, coordinator of this event, wasn't it uh, Mr. William Mahaffey? 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 Um... Uh, I believe he introed uh, this one after their uh, Q and A for feeding time, and said, "This is this is the body horror one, guys." Yeah. So if you're squeamish, uh, please let us know if you puke so we can get pictures. Yeah, I kind of wish that someone had. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad they didn't. I would have followed. That's why I kind of wish that someone had is because it would have turned into uh, 
it, it would have fit in very, very well with the movie. Mm-hmm. So it, it's body horror, and there are parts about it that are absolutely disgusting. Mm. Short version, a guy gets a parasite, and the parasite is some ancient demon thing. Transmitted by larva. Yeah, and like it takes over his mind, and so he doesn't quite feel the pain but it's still disgusting and he's getting just super super fat because he's feeding the parasite and it's going all the way up from his brain down to his testicles and just taking over his entire body he gets enormous yes i I very much enjoyed the uh the stop motion animation again the practical effect (laughs) of the the grabbing and short release and then grabbing again of the uh the brain yeah That, that was Really, really good effects on this one. Um, one of the things that I really liked about it, because typically I'm not a fan of body horror, mm. because typically it's let's see how gross we can get for the sake of being gross. This one, like it felt like there was a story with it. Like the fly, I, the fly is absolutely body horror, mm-hmm. but I love the fly because it's really, really well done, and. He's another, um, Jeff Goldblum in The Fly, that's another example of the protagonist and the antagonist being the same person. So that's that's one of the times that, that you can have the monster on screen by itself, because it's not on the screen by itself, it's on the screen with the non-monster version of him. Um, but yeah, a lot of body horror, it's just let's see how disgusting we can make it. I was going to pull up the IMDb on that so we could give proper credit to the actor as well because I, I believe that he was a very creeped out individual whose uh-huh. body was no longer his own. Well, and I've seen him in a few other things. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but... Uh, it's not there. So. He he was a really good actor, and part of what Susurus does, was it, like it takes control of the person's brain, mm-hmm. so... In his mind, he was just chilling in a limo. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, Susurus is there with him. And as, it, as the thing that's attached to his nervous system. Yeah. Yes. And, and they love each other. Yeah, and it was, it was almost sweet. Um, but, but this one felt like it actually had a story to it. And again, I'm glad that they didn't try to put too much explanation because that very easily could have killed it. Mm-hmm. But there was enough... That it was like, okay, I understand why this guy is doing what he's doing. I understand why Susurus is doing what it's doing. And I understand that it's like this ancient demon. I don't want to know where it came from. I don't want to know too much about it. But I want to know enough. And and it was done really, really well. Um, we forgot to mention the director at the beginning. Uh, directed by Anthony Cousins. Mm. Um, and... Part of why I wish that people had thrown up at the very end, not the the very end, but uh, he goes to the movie theater. It it is a climactic sequence. (laughs) So he goes to the movie theater. Um, He unzips his pants and apparently had had gauze on his penis. Mm -hmm. So he unwraps that and then slices open his enormous gut. Little susurrus tentacles come out of his belly. Mm-hmm. And squeeze a probably a softball, not softball, at, at least a baseball-sized egg. Yeah, yeah, baseball diameter, the yeah. largest. Out, out of his penis, 
And that opens up, and a bunch of flies go flying around and infect all of the people in the theater. Mm-hmm. And then he dies, but again, he's off in La La Land in his limo anyways. But this one, I, I think that this played on some really, really good horrors. Not just the body horror, but things happening in movie theaters, which unfortunately, because of real events, can be terrifying. Like, I have friends who say they rarely go to movie theaters to watch movies anymore because of all the stuff that's happened in them. Yeah. Uh, also, the fear of just plagues and diseases and and things spreading so easily, this did that really, really well. So if someone had thrown up in the movie theater, which had caused other people to start throwing up, it just, it, it would have fit with the movie. So, yeah, that's that's why I kind of wished that they had. I don't need life to reflect art <laughs> that strongly. But, but I do see what you're getting at there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for me, when Susser stirs, thumbs up, if you can stomach body horror. If you can't stomach it, then don't watch it, not, but... Not my thing, but I can appreciate the craft that went into it. So, I, I will recommend it conditionally. <laughs> thumbs up with the Tums? <laughs> sure, sure. All thumbs right. up, thumbs down. So that uh, nice. So that brings us to the second feature of the night, which was Phantasm, uh, remastered in 4K resolution by Bad Robot. Um, I, I, I hate to admit this because I love movies and I love horror movies and all of these other things that make me embarrassed to admit crap like this. This is the first time I've ever seen I've ever seen Phantasm. Me too, but you're the one who likes horror movies. Yeah. So a little bit of embarrassment there, but eh, whatever. I I loved it. Like, the 4K remastering looked beautiful. It had all of the fun 70s horror, and I. it was just so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, agreed. It... I don't know. There's just a nostalgia factor that that I cannot get enough of sometimes for uh, movies like this. Uh, which, if you looked at my Amazon Prime uh, viewing history, you might notice. Um, <laughs> I'm not inviting you to do that. <laughs> there are some real embarrassers in there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Legally Blonde is not embarrassing. <laughs> Why are you feeding me straight lines? <laughs> so hard to take the high road. Uh, yeah, so it, it had that... Well, it had that 70s feel because it was from the 70s. Um, th- this one directed by Don Corsarelli. Um, and if you've seen Phantasm, you don't need us talking about it because you've seen it and you know whether or not you like it. If you've not seen Phantasm, it's It's weird. Um, it kind of it did the thing that Nightmare on Elm Street did where the end you're like wait was it real was it a dream how much of it was real is it all in his mind is it still in his mind was all of it real and now it's in his mind like there was definitely some what's real and what isn't going on with it 
Yeah, I'm looking at you, Inception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not that original. This one, um, God, the, the Tall Man was super creepy. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah, and, and and that 4K definitely contributed to the the harshness of his features, and it's it's beautiful. Well, and one of the things that I love so much about the Tall Man, so many horror movies make the monster either disfigured or demonic, like physically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got Freddy and Jason and Hellraiser, and even people who are real people, like Leatherface. Like again, Iron. they've got the the masks. So so many horror movies try to make the monster even more monstrous to eliminate some of the human aspect. I mean, even down to Dracula, who Dracula looks mostly human, Mm. but there's still the, you know, he is this ancient evil with the tall man. First off, it never clearly says there's, there are a few things that point to him being some sort of death type figure Mm -hmm. but again you don't know what's real and what isn't Mm -hmm. so was that just in his mind blah 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 but with him being just so tall and creepy what's real what isn't what's a continuity error in the film (laughs) (laughs) but he was just he was really really creepy Mm. um great voice yeah great voice for that creepiness it I, I cannot think of a single bad thing to say about Phantasm confusing things I, my my untrained non horror uh, fanatic uh, opinion of Phantasm is I'm gonna kind of throw it in there with 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yeah, it's yes. I was tired. I nodded off a little bit. <laughs> there are just some of those sequences. Deal with it, right? But. The stuff that hooks you, hooks you, even if you don't really understand why. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Again, nothing bad to say about it. Mm-hmm. Now, the way that it ended, and because I've not seen Phantasm until just this last weekend, um, that also means I've not seen any of the subsequent ones. And because I had to miss Saturday, I missed Phantasm 5. Uh, Ravager. Mm-hmm. So not knowing what happens in 2 through 5... I don't know how much of it is explained. I don't know how much of it becomes clear. I don't know how much you start relating to the characters. I'm okay without that. Yeah, like it, it is a really good standalone movie. Mm-hmm. I, having not seen the other ones and not knowing what they're like, I don't feel like you... Watching Phantasm does not leave you with, I need to see what happens next. It's just that that, that was beautiful and confusing and... What's going on with the little interdimensional dwarves? And what is... What's... Ah, man. How does he change shape? Please don't sue us, George Lucas. Ah. (laughs) Yeah, the little horrifying uh, Jawas. So, yeah. So, yeah. Phantasm. Absolutely a thumbs up. Mm, Definitely. Like I said, I lump it with 2001 A Space Odyssey. You may only watch it one time. You may not understand what you've watched, but watch it. Yeah. Don't watch it tired. No, definitely not. If, if you're going to do a um, a movie marathon, put it three movies in. Yeah. You don't want to You don't want to open with it. That, that, that just, that's unfair to everything else. But, 
But you definitely don't want it to be your end cap either. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then the next block, um, two more shorts, one more feature film. The uh, we left before we left before the final movie, but I had seen that one before, so we can talk briefly about it. Mm. Uh, but the next short was Postman Pat's Pet Cemetery, directed by Lee Hardcastle. This one uh, was only two minutes long. Two excruciating minutes of playmation. <laughs> it, uh, it was fun. It, okay. The the claymation was fun. It was that, that lovely sort of crude Gumbyism kind of stuff. Oh, worse than Gumby. Yeah, yeah. Like it was it, it was real rough. Ac- it was like access if- television kinda yeah, television sort of stuff. Yeah, like it was. The characters look like if you had a twelve-year-old make a person out of clay. It's about the uh, the quality of it, the character modeling, if you will. Yeah, it, I thought it was hilarious. It's about a, um, a a postman who runs over his cat. He buries it in the pet cemetery. The cat comes back. It kills him. No, it, it just no, attacks it him. Attacks him. He kills it again. He kills it again. Um somehow during the process he ends up killing his friend who he then also buries in the pet cemetery and his friend then comes back to kill him Mm -hmm. Uh, there is an embarrassing YouTube video of Postman Pat out there Uh, did not realize that English, Irish, Scottish I I, I don't know Yeah, it's it's, uh, from the UK uh, we'll say English. Uh, mail delivery vehicles might have a sunroof, so <laughs> apparently somebody with a drone caught him with his pants down on the job. <laughs> He's angry at it. Oh. oh, oh, it it was crude. It was uh very violent for claymation. Uh, faces getting ripped off, very bloody. But to me, it was hilarious. And it was so ridiculous that it was kind of adorable. I do like absurdity. That just wasn't my cuppa. It it felt like um, I I could see maybe not Monty Python, but I could see more modern absurdist uh, comedies. MTV's ninety animations. It would have fit in nicely if they'd had uh, an even more adult block of that. If Celebrity Deathmatch. Yes. Asked, um, if Celebrity Deathmatch asked any sort of British comedy troupe to go over the top violent with a classic horror novelization, I, I think that that's what you would have gotten. Because you got Pet Cemetery with the classic horror. And again, it was just cheeky enough, but still over the top violent. I thought it was fun. No recommendation from me, but I've been told I'm a bit of a curmudgeon sometimes. So, <laughs> well, for me, uh, I, it, it definitely gets a thumbs up. Again, if you can handle claymation horror, um, lots lots of red clay. I, don't I, know, I can't watch Ren and Stimpy anymore, so take that for what you will. <laughs> it, yeah, it felt a bit Ren and Stimpy-ish as well. Uh, all right, so the last short of the night was Death Metal, directed by Chris McEnroy, 
Uh, a metalhead gets passed down a satanic guitar that riffs to shreds. Well written, that. <laughs> it's about a just worthless death metal guy playing his guitar in a park and people being like, you suck, you're terrible. Mm-hmm. And it it says it was made in the USA. To me, it felt almost Canadian. Yeah. Um, maybe like North Dakota-ish. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he's, did, he's talking did, to did his... Did you use the whammy? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So he's talking to, I, I guess, his dad mm-hmm. um, about like why... Like, why won't people ever give me money? Why, no, why am I no good at the guitar? Nobody likes the way I play. So his dad gives him a guitar, which is the uh, the pentagram, is the body of the guitar, and mm-hmm. then um, the part like, up at the top where you like this tune it. Stone, rough carved looking pentagram <laughs> is the body of the guitar, and then a double headed axe uh, at the head of it. And it looks so ridiculous. And when the uh, the dad gives the the son the guitar, he has three rules for what you have to do with this guitar, which has been passed down in their family because, like, the great grandfather made a pact with the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't play it for money. Never play it in daylight. And never do that thing where it looks like you're like thrusting it like your penis. Yeah. Yeah, never do that. Yeah. And he turns around to to emphasize, did you get that? And the boy is gone. <laughs> so he's back in the park, playing during the day. With his tip bucket. Which, because now he is playing with satanic power, people are giving him money. And then when he's kind of ripping it to ultra shreds and he's doing the pelvic thrusts, <laughs> the axe head goes flying off the end. I would like to point out... It energized. The guitar <laughs> energized. It's so good. In just the best 70s, <laughs> 80s tradition of we're going to paint lightning effects on film. And kind of shake the camera oh, a little bit. I, I loved that. I didn't even realize how much I loved it until we got <laughs> to that and you skipped over it. <laughs> like, no, don't leave that part out. It, it's beautiful. So then the accent goes flying around. First, it kills the guy that was like, you suck. Kills him. Yeah. Like, slits his throat, and he's sitting on the bench in agony. Uh, it kills someone else. It's uh, a girl oh, is hanging on the... the arms of the couple walking hand in hand. <laughs> lops both of their arms off. <laughs> There's a little girl hanging from the monkey bars. It cuts her off the wrists. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a baby, which you don't actually see it kill the baby, but you see it go through the uh, little stroller. Mm-hmm. Then it and, kills and the mother. mother. Is sprayed with blood and screaming. <laughs> There's two guys where, like, one of them. Frisbee? Football? I, 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 something, but, like, it cuts a hole in one of them, and then it pushes the other one through that hole, mm-hmm. and it just kills everyone in the park, and then it comes back to the main guy. Who looks at it and goes, metal. <laughs> no, wait. And then it chops him in half. It doesn't no, it chop does, him in half. It, it hits him, him so hard that it bends him backwards in half. It was so ridiculous. 
so, so over the top. Very bloody. Um, bloody with people that you don't typically see bloody in horror movies, i.e. kids. Mm-hmm. Usually the stuff that's done off camera if you're going to do it. Yeah. Um, but somehow still hilarious. It, I know this is weird considering what I said about Postman Pat's Pet Cemetery, right? But I, this one fell right into my wheelhouse. This one was so over the top, mm-hmm. and so it, yeah, it. I, I loved it. It was just bloody and hilarious, a, a and, bloody good time, and absolutely thumbs up for me. Yes, I, I will also recommend this. Especially anybody out there who is a guitar enthusiast of any kind, whether you actually play or just like guitarists. Hilarious. Yeah. Especially if you've ever tried playing anywhere for money. Oh. At first, you'll be like, oh, yeah, finally. Finally, the people who are making fun of them. Yeah, they're getting theirs. And then he gets his. It's great. Loved it. Uh, all right, so that was the last one that we saw that night because we had to to make the drive back to Cleveland. Um, but the last movie that played that night, yes, we were well into this. We, I am going to end up cutting this into a three-part episode. This will be part one. Part two will be um, my night from Sunday. And then I'll do a third part with some of the interviews of uh, a couple of people that I talked there. Or I might combine those two. Either way, we're, we're splitting this. There's no way that someone's going to listen to three hours of us rambling on about horror movies. They definitely shouldn't, anyway. Right, because with that amount of time, you can just watch a horror movie. Or two. <laughs> or ten shorts. Uh, yeah, so, so we left, but the last movie that played that night was Bad Blood. And I saw this one at the Chattanooga Film Festival. And I, I kind of hate that we missed it. I, I enjoyed the segments of the trailer that you showed me. Uh, the again, the practical effects, and, and we did stick around for the introduction yeah. of the movie. The uh, and I'll let you cover that. But. Yeah, the uh, the director Tim Rice, um, he he was there. He had to leave shortly after, but he was there again. Uh, so he introed it, introed it, and when I saw this at the Chat Film Fest, I I loved it. With a caveat. The first part of the movie, I don't like how they get the characters to the action. There's a little bit too much of setting the story up through news reports and talking about things rather than showing things. Oh, exposition. The ancient arch nemesis. Yeah. And, and like, I, I get it. It makes sense. It's... It's certainly a lot easier to go through some of that, um, and like I, I did a full review on this one um, in in my coverage from Chat Film Fest. So, uh, if, if you want to know more details about it, go go listen to it. Um, go back and listen to that episode. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit too much telling things to get to the story rather than showing, and they very easily could have shown things to get them to where they need to go. But once you get past that. The movie is about a werefrog. Not a werewolf. A werefrog. And when they get to the werefrog parts, first off, just a lot of, again, good bloody fun. 
Um, <laughs> the werefrog is a woman, and they make it very clear that the werefrog is a woman because she has, like, great big droopy 80-year-old woman saggy boobs. Which oh, is hilarious. Take me back to Ninja Turtles' Venus de Milo. <laughs> the funniest part about that is one of the people that she kills, right before she kills him, he kind of stares down at her and goes, eh. And then she rips his head off. <laughs> so, uh, the, the, just again, really good, funny, bloody creature effects. And the effects are practical. Wasn't CG. It was a guy in a rubber suit. With lots of slime and goo. And first off, it's a great creature. Mm-hmm. Secondly, from a uh, like production standpoint, I love, love the fact they actually made a creature mm-hmm. rather than used crappy CGI. I, I'm just thoroughly entertained by the idea that they wanted to do a werewolf film. But good practical werewolf effects were not in the budget. But they said, but our guys do rubber and slime extraordinarily well. Okay, what can we do with that? Werefrog? <laughs> okay, yeah. What's wrong with that? There's so many other animals that they could have done rubber and slime that would have made more sense for it to be a weird creature. Where alligator or crocodile, um, even a where Gila monster, mm. or a where gecko. No, I'm going for things <laughs> that could actually be terrifying. Hey, um, a gecko at two a.m. when it's crawling no. up your leg. I'll get you. <laughs> it's like, why are there tiny cold feet on my? Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, of all of the amphibious reptilian creatures they could have gone with. A frog. Not like a poison dart toad. Where lungfish. <laughs> that just sounds gross. There are times that it's a shame that this is an, an audio media <laughs> instead of a visual. Because your face. I just post my picture of my face as the, uh, the, the title picture for this. Yeah, of all the things they could have gone with, why a frog? But it worked. And and again, once they get past that initial exposition, it's a lot of fun to watch. And I, I wish that they had just made some little tweaks and... <sighs> but, yeah, when, once you get to the creature, so much fun. <laughs> I, I, I cannot stop talking about how great that creature effect was. Um, so, for me, you kind of have to put up with a little bit of storytelling that could have been done better. But as soon as you get past that, absolutely thumbs up for me. A lot of fun to watch. And, and again, even with some of my critiques, I was looking forward to seeing it again. But I wanted to not die on the ride home. And I was a very very tired driver. Yeah. So, given the option of seeing a movie that I had seen before and um, not dying, I I went with the not dying choice. I feel like it was the right call. With age comes wisdom. Yes. But yeah, Bad Blood, a lot of fun to watch. Definitely recommend it. Again, with that caveat of 
put put up with some storytelling that's not so great. But many, many kudos to the creature effect. <laughs> Alright, so that was Friday night. <laughs> night one of the Knox Horror Fest. We talked about some of these movies longer than the actual films themselves. Um, went into a lot more depth <laughs> than I thought we would on some of them. But... Kept plumbing some for depth that it didn't have. But, but yeah, I mean... I, Friday night, as a complete night, I don't regret any of them. There's none of them that I would have said... Oh, man, I really wish they hadn't shown that one. Or it was a great night, except for, meh, not everything's going to be perfect. Um, It it felt like a very cohesive collection to to put together. Yeah. And and again, put on by people who know film, know horror, and love horror. So you had uh, Ancient Demons, you had... um, you had body horror, you had comedy, you had claymation, you had classics, you had modern, you had creatures. Like, you had a very, very well-rounded mm-hmm. uh, set of horror films. I, I, I will just go ahead and say that I would I will trust uh, Mr. Mahaffey, Mahaffey. Again, sorry if we're pronouncing that incorrectly. W- William, I, I think it's Mahaffey. I, I hope it is. I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name. Uh, but I will trust you to curate a selection of horror genre, you and your associates, anytime just going by Friday night. Because I know there's a lot of garbage out there, and none of this really felt like that. That, I think, would be uh, a great sort of mini-fest. Mm-hmm. Horror for people who don't like horror. To try to get them to understand why why horror fans are fans of horror. Not the ones who just like slashers. Not mm-hmm. the ones who just like jump scares. But good horror movies. You know, like, I'm a nice upstanding citizen who is relatively stable. As far as we know. So, like, there's nothing completely, completely odd about me. But horror movies, one of my favorite genres. Mm-hmm. For me, part of it's the, the psychology behind them. But trying to talk to other people about why I love horror so much, they're just like, I, I don't get it. Films like this, movies like this, they, I, I think, can bring a lot of people in. Except for maybe when Susser Restores. That, that body horror, if you're not a fan of horror, it's really hard to get into body horror. But it's a good example of body horror to throw in. And it's not a lot. It's ten minutes. Yeah. yeah, and, and Intense minutes, but ten minutes. Yeah, and then there wasn't... The stylist bordered on this, but there wasn't any of just, like, the torture porn. Um, it, you know, like Hostel or Saw or things where it's just torture for the sake of torture. Mm-hmm. Like, none of these felt like that. So, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, William, you, you did a fantastic job. Night one, you kept a huge horror fan, and you brought in someone who hasn't really liked it that much before. But, uh, but yeah, this this has been Friday night. Um, please come back <laughs> if you're not tired of listening to horror. Maybe it's a good thing you're not covering Saturday, or not covering it with me at the very least. <laughs> if Well, if I was trying to cover all three days... It probably would have been broken up a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. This was uh, honestly a little bit more of let's hit record and, and see where we go. 
and we went to a lot of places. Uh, but yeah, if you enjoyed listening to this, um, check back soon. I'm going to be going through and discussing the uh, the films that I saw on Sunday. Hopefully I will have someone here with me because it is a lot more fun to discuss them when discussing when discussing them rather than just Monologue. saying words about them. Uh, so, so yeah, Clayton, hopefully you can join me again and uh, listen to me ramble on about horror that you didn't have a chance to see. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that could be fun. I do love like many people, to have opinions about things that I don't know anything about. <laughs> we could do that on Saturday. We, we could go through the ones that we didn't see and uh, and talk about them just based off of the previews. Might be a thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can already tell you, I just love the title of the opener, An Eldritch Place. Just love the word Eldritch. The, uh, <laughs> honestly, that, that might be a thing to do. Maybe you'll get that, listeners, all two of you. Maybe uh, maybe we'll do an episode where we talk about the ones that we didn't see on Saturday. You better email quick if you don't want to see that. Hear that. <laughs> and then I will uh, go through and talk about the ones that I saw on Sunday. Uh, just a, a quick teaser for that. One of my favorite movies from the entire weekend was on Sunday. Um, it's... I, I, I loved it. Um, cannot even begin to say how much I, I loved one of these movies. So come back, listen to that one. Um, I'll have some interviews from one of the directors from one of the short films, um, the short film Doll, uh, as well as uh, an interview with one of the attendees there talking about horror and other fun bits like that. So if you're a fan of horror, please come back and, and listen to me ramble on more about it. Uh, you can find everything that I do on gargilereviews.blogspot.com. Uh, you can find links to my Twitter um, at gargilereviews. I don't remember my actual, actual Twitter handle right now. I want to say my Twitter is at gargilereviews and my uh, Facebook is slash the gargile. Not check them today, so I can't remember. But we'll say that it is. You can find links to them on gargoyrereviews.blogspot.com. Um, check it out. Let me know what you think. Come back. Listen to more horror. Um, if you're not a fan of horror, I do watch other movies on occasion, and I'll be reviewing them as well. Uh, and if you live around Knoxville, then absolutely check out some of the uh, events put on by Knoxville uh, Horror Film Fest. Amazing lineup. They do regular events at Scruffy City Hall, which that's where they uh, they play the movies on Sunday. Really great location. Really great people. Uh, again, William Mahaffey. Mahaffey. We're mispronouncing your name, and I apologize. Um, big fan of horror. Knows his stuff. Um, absolutely support Knoxville Horror Film Fest. Go to more of their events. Again, huge, huge proponents of horror and good film and cinema. Um, great people, great movies, and go support them and come back and listen to me. Clayton, any final words? Only snarky, so I'll keep them to myself. No, snark's great. Well, now I've built it up and just be disappointing. Well, <laughs> very suiting for this, uh, <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> uh, well, again, Clayton... Thank you so much, my sometimes associate, for uh, for joining me with this. And uh, listeners, come back soon. Listen to more horror. But until then, that's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, and as always, you can find me where geekery and horror abound.